Hello, hello. How's everybody doing out there? Welcome into the show. I'm Jason Ross. Glad you're here with us on this Wednesday, albeit a very abbreviated show as uh, we're coming here today before Kings basketball game nights coming your way at the bottom of the hour. Hopefully you just enjoyed our golf to go golf hour. Always great having Frank in here and getting all the latest of what's going on in golf because really we're lucky here in California. We can golf all year long and we're spoiled. We really, really are. But uh, we're hopefully going to be spoiled with good basketball. That's the optimistic look today. And uh, we've got in our short time three different giveaways. So we're going to get first things first in here. Uh, But before we even do that, right now, 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140 is the number you need for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Kings take on the Blazers. That's coming up next Wednesday, a week from today, November 24th, at Golden One Center. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. Again, 1-800-920-1140. Call that number right now, and we will take caller number five. We'll be a winner of our Kings pair of tickets today to see the Kings and the Blazers next week. So do that right now. The Kings will be in action. Again, game night at the bottom of the hour. I'll actually be in with a high flyer on that because Scott Marsh is with UC Davis basketball. The Aggies uh, continue their season. They got off to a good start. They're taking on Pepperdine. Um, And then, of course, there's still a lot of talk this week about the causeway of football. And we will have tickets for that in this half hour. Also, the causeway of basketball, which is next Tuesday. We're going to have tickets for that as well. So short show, a lot of things to cover in the short amount of time, but also keep listening for the time to call in for your chance to win our different prizes. We've already got the Kings one out there, so call in right now, 1-800-920-1140. All right, with that said, it is time for First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. first. It's Halliburton for the Kings. They forced the turnover. Lead pass goes to the baseline corner. Buddy Heald, he's got a triple, and the Kings on a big run in the Motor City. They're hitting on all cylinders. They're driving a V12 Ferrari in this one. It's 42 to 16. The Kings will put the ball in play, and the final 2.3 seconds will quickly go away. And Sacramento has broken the four-game slide, and they've done it with a convincing road win in Detroit tonight, 129 to 107. After losing for eight of the last 11 trips to the state of Michigan, Kings happy to get this win for a number of reasons. Well, we're going to start right there with the Sacramento Kings. Yes, the Kings are back in action today. And we spent a lot of time on this on the show yesterday about this road trip. Expectations and the danger of looking at the record and expecting for more. I don't think there's anything wrong to always want more in whatever line of life, but certainly in sports, from your team, from your fan base, from your players, from your coaches. Um, I'd said as far as layout goes going into this road trip, you couldn't have had a more perfectly drawn out road trip. One, no back-to-backs, not brutal travel, time off two days off on the weekend for Detroit to get ready for them, and the competition level as far as records go on the teams they were playing between the Spurs, Oklahoma City, Detroit, and today's opponent, Minnesota left a little to be desired. Doesn't mean they're gimmies, and obviously we've learned that. The Kings lost badly to the Spurs, should have defeated the Thunder, but didn't. So then you're looking at four straight losses and then did really what you needed to do, a must kind of redirect of the series, of the uh, road trip and of the season with a win at Detroit. Convincing, as you heard there in the highlight. I mean, that, that run between the late first into early second 
was a blitz unlike I'd seen in a long, long time. And they never really relinquished it. They just kept going and thrived and got the job done and a well-deserved and needed victory. So that was good. So it's a one-and-two trip. Two-and-two, you definitely want that now, right, based on what the circumstances were when they were 0-2. But how do you get that? How do you beat this Minnesota team today? Let's talk a little bit about this T-Wolf team because uh, looking at them, you obviously look at some high-level talented players right off the top. That's what jumps out at you when you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves because when you've got three different players that could do damage on a nightly basis, you should have a good team, and that's D'Angelo Russell, who has been a Kings killer, certainly Carl Anthony Towns, the longest tenured of their, their big three, and then Anthony Edwards, who can explode and is a good wing scorer. So it seems like they've got a ball handler, a wing, and a big. The nice combination, it's the other pieces that aren't giving them enough of what they need. But that doesn't mean on a night or matchups, there'll be some issues tonight for the Kings defending this team. And Minnesota has four wins, nine losses. I will say this, they got off to a great start at 3-1. and one, So they're 1-8 and eight since. But then you do a little bit of a deeper dive when you're you're studying and prepping for this team and, and what's going wrong. Well, their most recent game, they had the lead most of the game against the Suns, the hottest team in the NBA, and let that one evaporate late and ultimately lost by three. They have played the Clippers three times. They trucked the Lakers in one of their most recent wins, but they faced the Nuggets. They've beaten the Champs. They got a couple of wins against the uh, Rockets and Pelicans. So their wins are Rockets. Pelicans, Bucks, and Lakers. And they just played the cha- uh, the runner-up and the champ of the West, the Suns, lost by three, have three matchups already with the Clippers and lost all three, lost to the Grizzlies, lost to the Warriors. They played tough teams. So what is the true indication? Who is this Minnesota team? I personally do not think they're a top-10 team, but at certain positions, they've got top-10 Western Conference-type talent in towns. Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell to an extent. So you start to go to depth chart. What what else is Minnesota missing? Well, they brought in some toughness in Patrick Beverly. Jared Vanderbilt generally is the one that's been getting a start. We've seen in the past Malik Beasley, who's been a good pro in different stops. Um, Torian Prince, Jaden McDaniels. It just gets thinner after those what would be equivalent of a big three. And I think about Minnesota over the years trying different things to a version of the big three, right? They've had Wiggins and Towns for a while, and now no longer Wiggins, but Rubio was in there. Zach Levine was in there. Their most successful trio was when they had Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler is the one season with Tibbs and Wiggins and Towns, that they made the postseason. That's the one time. Otherwise, they actually would have a longer drought than the Kings, believe it or not. This has been an organization that's been less successful than Sacramento with that one trip to the postseason a few years ago when they won 47 games and ultimately lost in the first round. They thought they were starting something. Instead, it just hasn't materialized in a consistent winning. They, too, like the Kings, have changed coaches a lot, have missed on draft picks, this is, as much as it may be painful where we, we try to put comparisons with the Kings and other organizations, this is probably more of a, a look in the mirror. Minnesota hasn't won very consistently. Had a couple of years, years back, with KG and Spreewell and 
uh, different guys like that. Sam Cassell, where they were a really good team. Wally Zerbiak, but that's a long time ago. That's 20 years ago now we're talking about. And since then, you know, Kevin Love, different people have been in there and played like all-stars, but they haven't been able to find ways to win. So they're still in that kind of mode. And it's still early enough in the season. They're 4-9. They're, I'm sure I'm sure they're looking at the Kings as an opportunity to... I mean, if you've just played... Here's their last, I don't know, six or seven games. Clippers, Clippers, Grizzlies, Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, Suns. They're going, whew, the Kings. We get the Kings. I'm sure that's what Minnesota's thinking based on who they've played. And their next couple, it's Sacramento, Memphis... Or excuse me, San Antonio after Sacramento, Memphis, at New Orleans. You know, maybe they're feeling like, okay, this is our chance to get right, to get back to closer to 500, to get in that mix of teams that are fighting seven through ten. So it's a very important game for them. They're a team that statistically, you kind of go across the board. There's nothing that jumps out at you and says Minnesota is great at this offensively. 23rd in the league, that's not going to blow anybody away. Um, with their 104 points per game, Kings are you know much higher than that as one of the top offenses. Assists, middle of the road. Rebounds, middle of the road. Team that gives up some points. There's nothing, there's no identifying factor where you'd go, if the Kings do this and limit them from that, gives them the best chance. It's really looking at the collective of the big three, of Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell, trying to bottle them up. Much like in the last game, the Sacramento Kings did an excellent job. I mean, a great job on Jeremy Grant. And that's Detroit's best player with the most experience. They like their couple of young guys in Sadiq Bay and Cade Cunningham, who both ended up having good games, but ultimately didn't matter because they did such a good job on really the key piece, which was Jeremy Grant. So, you know, when I talked to Luke Walton yesterday, he did talk about all three on the coach's show when we visited with him for his weekly appearance. But he also did highlight, he said, really, Carl Anthony Towns is the key figure. If that's the guy the Kings can try to limit or hold below his numbers, that could go a long way in the Kings' success. His last game, 35-13, and 13, two boards, a steal. He has the ability to do a lot of different things and get that 35-point game. He's averaging 23 with nine boards. Um, he's a big but stretches the floor a little bit, so I think we might see Tristan Thompson and Len, maybe if needed, certainly Rashawn Holmes. If you can get a guy like Towns in foul trouble, or also the pace. I know it's something that, you know, at the bottom of the hour when Henry's with me on game night, we're going to talk about, I'm sure. But when the Kings get this game going in transition and with pace, and I, I mean, it was so true last year seeing in person Carl Anthony Towns try to, keep running with the Kings and he was laboring. He really had a tough time. So from Sacramento's perspective, I would say pace, 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 get up and down the floor, play it at your terms, which is a, a something I like to say, but that's, that's when we could see the Kings be very good. And then the other parts, it's going to be the, what the third game of Chemezi Metu starting. Okay. What does that mean? What does that look like? There's a reason coach Walton said he was looking for rebounding and floor spacing. Two things that Metu provides. Last game, two things that Metu came through with. Not only a double-double, but he hit a couple of threes and spaces the floor out for Halliburton and Fox to make creative decisions in the half court. And they were responsible for 19 assists. 
So you have to now see, okay, was that a product of what the Kings were doing and doing well, or was that just Detroit? And I think more games will help answer that. Because Metu was in the Spurs game. I don't think we saw a very good game from the Kings. So right now, the leaning is, uh, maybe it was just Detroit. But that's two games. We need more of a sample size. Coach said yesterday he wants to see five to ten games of this lineup and see what it looks like. So I think the last game was about the exact thing you want from the Kings. Balance, six players and double figures. Backcourt, instrumental in dishing out assists. And throw in the seven off the bench, by the way, by Davion Mitchell. That was really good. So the three guards that mainly handle the ball of Mitchell, Fox, Halliburton, 26 assists. That was great. Kings had a season-high 32, but they, they spaced the floor, had rebounded well enough, and had a lot of different people contribute. And I think that is what this team needs. That's the best way they'll succeed. And they've got to keep doing it that way. And so you see if he could do it here against Minnesota. And then you start to go bigger picture. We all had hoped for, what, three and one road trip? Obviously, maybe four and four or four and oh. Well, that's not happening. But it is a big difference being two and two versus one and three on the road trip. So today feels like it's an important game for multiple reasons. Kings are 6-8. and eight. If you win, it puts you at 7-8. and eight. You get another loss on Minnesota, keeping them down in that bottom five. And then you come home. And it's not going to be an easy homestand, but you're probably going to have to make some things up that you didn't get done on this road trip. And, you know, a, a, a hot streak of, well, let's say, three or four wins in a row, which they haven't done yet, you know, the Kings are going to be talking about being in the sixth place. It's that fragile. Now, a negative spot of a couple-game losing streak, they're going to be in 13th. So they're in that swing position in the Western Conference standings this early. You know, the Warriors and Suns, they're they're way up there. We're going to talk more about the Warriors in a minute. But the bottom part, it's open, and the Kings, if they can kind of get out of this little grouping of, what, Lakers, Grizzlies, Blazers, or stay with that grouping and separate from the Thunder, T-Wolves, Spurs, Pelicans, and Rockets would be ideal. So it's Kings and T-Wolves today. We look forward to it again game night at the bottom of the hour. G-Man has all the play-by-play coming up at 5 o'clock. All right, before we get to more first things first, it's now another opportunity for you to dial 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140 for your chance to win a family four-pack of tickets to see Sacramento State take on UC Davis in basketball. That's at Golden One Center, the Causeway of Basketball. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. That game is next Tuesday. Again, dial 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140. Caller number three will be a winner of our UC Davis and Sacramento State basketball four-pack. All right, now, more First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. Well, there was basketball last night and some pretty entertaining basketball. While we were on the air yesterday, we were talking about the Nets and the Warriors, and it turned into a clinic by the Dubs. Lee flashes by, Curry straight, pump fake, fly by, three ball. Got it! There are no words, Jim. There are no words. Final score, Golden State 117 and Brooklyn 99. Impressive. Impressive work by the Golden State Warriors. You heard in there, I mean, Steph getting MVP chance on the road. Wow, he was great. 12 of 19. He hit, I think, nine threes it was. 37 points. Had five assists. Threw in seven rebounds. And 
you know, I've been slow to warm up to the Warriors. I, I liked when I saw them here. I thought they would be a team that, you know, would, would be okay this year and would get better as they got fully healthy. But watching them and watching them against Brooklyn last night, they were great. They looked really, really good. And Harden and Durant didn't have enough. Just didn't have enough for, for the Warriors. And the Warriors got balance, I would say, all the way through the roster. But Steph put on a show. I mean, he put on an absolute show. Nine threes by himself. Um, I don't even know if the, I think the Nets hit nine or maybe 10 as a team, but another statement made by Golden State with that win afterwards, I know that coach Nash said, we're not as the Nets who were, remember, considered to be the favorite to win it all. Also a team that had all that success last year. He had said, coach Nash, we are not in the same league right now as the Warriors. Not amazing. This isn't the Warrior team, at least that we thought from a couple years ago, where, oh, yeah, it's Warriors and Cavs in the final because the Warriors are that good. Right now, they are doing so many things well. They're defending well, sharing the ball, which has kind of been a trademark of this team, even in their best years. And Steph, Steph's still playing at such an incredible rate. They're 12 and 2. They have the league's best record. And they've even got a game and a half lead right now on Phoenix, who's won nine in a row. Early on, I felt the Warriors had a favorable schedule. Now they're they're getting into the meat of the season, and going to Brooklyn that's that's about as tough of a road game. You know, we just commented on the Kings having a favorable road trip. I would say going to Brooklyn and you know some of the the teams that the Warriors have faced or and will continue to face on this trip: the Hornets, the Nets, the Cavs. It wouldn't have seemed like it, but they're all been above five hundred. It's a tough trip, and they took care of the Nets impressively and bounce back after the loss to the Hornets. That's what you need to do. And then they close out with Cleveland and Detroit before coming back home. But it's Steph playing at this level. It's the team fully confident and past experience with enough enough of these players and the current players that just fit well. It's a really good fit right now. And a lot of sports is about fit. And they look good together, and it's working very, very well. So Warriors are hot. They got the win last night as they took care of action against the Nets. All right, more First Things First. First Things First. Well, let's make it a little bit better, potentially, here for Warriors and Warriors fans. Clay Thompson now has been cleared for five-on-five action. And the return of Clay, what will that mean? Well, you know, sometimes there's an adjustment, in my opinion, and there has been proven to be, when a player that's been out for that long and is that talented, there's a big adjustment. I don't feel like there'll be that big of an adjustment for the Warriors to welcome back Clay. He's not a high volume dribbler, right? There's so many stats out there that Clay is such a catch and shoot guy, a movement in offense, a complimentary piece, but a great one. That's that, that can be sounding like it's a negative. It's a complete positive. He fits in. He can get you 40 on limited shot attempts and, limited looks, uh, defend the other guys very well. It's just, can what will he look like? I don't think it's going to be adjustment for, certainly for Draymond and Steph that much. For the guys that play more and haven't played really with Clay, like Wiggins and Poole and Peyton and so on and so forth. But Iguodala, even Looney, those guys have all played with him. And I think they're going to understand his game, his movement, where he is, where he likes the touches. I just think that'll be a pretty seamless transition when Clay Thompson comes back. So for them to get off to a great start and one of their key pieces being out, but it's out for two years. We really need to see how Clay 
is. And I, I got to believe there'll be a little bit of, I don't even know if rust is the right thing, but taking some time to get all the way back to what he was healthy health wise. He is, but just the rhythm of the game, the flow of everything more on his individual effort on the individual side than I would say the, the collective team side. So warriors get that news and it looks like clay will be uh, cleared for five on five and should be uh, on the floor pretty soon for the golden state warriors. All right, more first things first, first things first, first things first. Well, speaking of getting clearance, Zion Williamson apparently is getting clearance as well to return to some action. He's a little bit further back. He's going to be cleared to start some one-on-one drills. Clay's already done that. Now he's moving up to five-on-five. And for the Pelicans, man, two and 13 now. And they finally got Ingram back. But this team, I would say, has already run out of time. That's my opinion. I wasn't a big believer in them to go on. And then certainly with the injury to Zion. But as the year goes on, you could imagine Zion, Devontae Graham, Ingram, Valanchunas becoming a problem for some other teams. But when you're 2-13, and you're going to have to have a stretch where you go 13-2. and And still, Zion's not back. Their next couple of games, Miami, the Clippers. I mean, this might get – it likely will get worse before it gets better. And when Zion comes back, they'll definitely welcome back. They will be better. I just think it's too little too late for them, even this early in the season. At 2-13, and I just don't think – when right, they're a team that would ever play at a 13-2 and clip or whatever number it's going to ultimately be to get them back to 500. And there's just going to be schedule losses, other losses that happen. They're going to have to play at, at such a winning percentage, something more like what the Warriors are doing right now, and I just I don't see that happening for the Pelicans. But uh, the most important thing is to get their bodies back, to see what they have, and they're getting closer to a return as he's been cleared for contact and Zion Williamson will start one-on-one drills. All right, again, before we get to our last of first things first, our last giveaway for you, 1-800-920-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Dial that number now for your chance to win a family four-pack of tickets for the Causeway Classic of football this Saturday at UC Davis Health Stadium, 1 o'clock, November 20th. For tickets and more information, visit com. As anticipated, a causeway that I can ever remember. Both teams in the top 11. Both teams going to the postseason. Both teams 8-2. and two. Man, it's going to be awesome. But you call right now, 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140. And caller number 6 will be the winner of our family four-pack of tickets for Sacramento State UC Davis football in the Causeway Classic. All right, one last thing here on First Things First. First things first. First things first. Well, one football note, and the Jets, they don't make a lot of news regularly, but uh, there was some controversy, I would say, a little bit about their uh, how it's been going with their quarterback, Mike White, and he had a four-interception game the other day and not played well, and a lot of people were calling out his performance. New coach Robert Sala said, hey, you know, he's not the guy to target. He's just fine. We We love him. Well, maybe not that much because the Jets announced today that Joe Flacco will start this weekend when they face the Miami Dolphins. Now, Flacco's got a ton of experience. He's been bouncing around teams here as of the last couple of years, but he's 37, and I think Robert Sala said the decision was made because Joe's got history. He's uh, in the record books all over the place. He's a world champion, so he's got a history of playing good ball. One drive didn't solidify anything. It's his history more than anything. He has seen the type of defense, this type of defense is 
many times over. So they're going to go with him still to the point that their top pick, Wilson, is is not ready. Zach Wilson, who got hurt, um, is not ready to come back. And so there was a game or two where Mike White's looked good, but he had a brutal game, the four-interception performance against the Bills. And so now it's going to be Joe Flacco starting this game against the Dolphins on this weekend, on Sunday. All right, that's it for our very brief show. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow with a recap of what happened for the Kings game and this Timberwolves game. But when we come back, it's game night. I'll be right back at it with the high flyer, Henry Turner. Then we got the pregame and Kings basketball. So we got a lot of fun coming your way. Thank you so much for listening. As we're back tomorrow with a full show starting at 3. But game night comes your way next right here on Sports 1140 KHTK.